we are starting a new sermon series. We're going to go through all three books of John over the next couple of months, just taking it uh, verse by verse and learning what God has to say to us, his church, here and now. First John, this morning we'll look at the first four verses of chapter one, the word of life. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we have seen it and testify to it and we proclaim it, we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make your joy complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So there were many, many times when Jesus and John spent time together in the Gospels. John was one of Jesus' inner circle. Andrew, or sorry, Peter, James, and John often went with Jesus to these uh, special locations and special events. I think about the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus invited Peter, James, and John up a high mountain and John and the other disciples, they watch as Jesus' face and his clothes and everything became transfigured. And they said his clothes were whiter than white, whiter than any bleach could have made them. They were shining. And he was transfigured and Elijah and Moses came and spoke to him. And then they heard audibly a voice of God saying, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Think of all the incredible experiences that John had as a very young man being discipled by Jesus, being one of his closest, closest friends, walking alongside him, learning from him as a young man, as a teenager. John was with Jesus. And then this book that we are beginning to study, this piece of the word of God, 40 years later, John writing about all the things that he learned from Jesus. He's trying to pass along almost these indescribable experiences that he had with Jesus. And I think he did a pretty good job because here we are 2,000 years later believing in Jesus, worshiping Jesus, and think of everything that's happened. I mean, I want to talk about this later as well, but think about the last 100 days, everything that's gone on in our world, and the world was almost shut down with this virus, and yet it never crossed our mind. I don't think it crossed my mind or Pastor Chad's mind or any of the elders or really anyone in this church that we would stop worshiping Jesus we just had to figure out how 
We just had to have the technology and the ability to do so. But it never occurred to us to just stop worshiping Jesus every day. We do that every, every Sunday. And that is a lot because people like John that were eyewitnesses passed it along to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation. He's teaching us this morning that Jesus is the word of life. The word of life. And he's inviting us to center our lives on that word. To put our trust in him above all else. And to just live our lives around Jesus. Jesus at the center. The word of life. Jesus. So I want to unpack that with you a little bit. And think about what this word means. What the word, the word of the word. What it means. And then what this word of life what does that mean? And how, what does it have to do with our lives today, here and now? The word. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Well, that's... If, if we're listening, we, we recognize that that's pretty similar to... The first couple verses of his gospel, of John's gospel. John 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. And perhaps you know that this, this term in Greek is called logos. And it, it's this huge idea. It's really, it's not an exaggeration to say that this was the idea that was at the heart of the universe. This is the thing that everyone's trying to figure out. This was the, the, the thing that all the philosophers debated, the source, the ground of being, God, Logos. This is, you know, really what Paul, as he debated the philosophers in Athens, he was talking about this idea, this radical idea that the Logos... The word, the word that's put the universe into existence, the word that started everything, this radical notion that it has come down to earth in the form of a helpless baby. And I think, sadly, the significance of all this gets lost at Christmas. You know, there's just so much going on. There's just so many things to do. And we forget what Christmas is all about, that it's about God coming down, taking on flesh, coming to our, to our world. The message says, John 1, 14, God took on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. The Apostles' Creed says that, that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. What a radical idea. We need to think about Christmas in June. Or you know, we say Christmas in July. But we need to think about Christmas every month of the year. Because it's such a radical idea. That God would take on flesh and blood. I mean no other faith tradition. No other spirituality talks about that. I mean they, the, even the other religions that believe in the Old Testament. They probably feel the same way about incarnation, about Jesus in the flesh, that I feel about Mormons. You know, I just say, no, it's, 
It never happened that Jesus came to North America. There's no way. It's crazy. It didn't happen. Well, I, be I believe Jesus did come in the flesh. But maybe people from a Jewish background, from a Muslim background, they might feel that way. I'm just trying to make the point that this is such a radical idea that the Logos, the Word, would come in the flesh. Because that Word... That word is everything that we've ever hungered for. You know, it's not just for the philosophers or the professors. It's not just for the ancient Greeks. It's for you and me. It's everything that we've been looking for, hungering for, wondering about. What is life all about? How did we get here? What is this word at the source of everything? What is, how did the world come into being? The Beatles have a song about it. The Beatles have a song about almost everything. But the Beatles have this song, The Word. You know, say the word and you'll be free. Say the word and be like me. Say the word I'm thinking of. Have you heard? The word is love. And love is very important. John will talk a lot about love in this letter. And yet, the love of Jesus is, is different. The kindness and compassion and grace of our Father is different than the kind of love that the Beatles sung about, unfortunately. Because so often we're tempted to look to human love that can save us, this romantic love. And it's so different from the love that the Father gives, of, gives us, the love that's at the source of the universe, that's what the Apostle John is talking about. The Word. That's, that's what saves us. That's what we rest in. That this Word that was at the heart of the universe, that's, that's existed forever in the past and forever into the future, would come and indwell a human body, Jesus the Son of God. This is my Son whom I love. Listen to him. John's writing out of that experience. The word. The word of life. The life appeared. The Zoe appeared. Zoe, like that girl's name. Full of life, abundant life, eternal life. The life appeared. We have seen it. And testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life or the, 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 the eons of life. <laughs> which was with the Father and has appeared to us. So John's saying, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about this life. I'm going to tell you about the life that God the Father and Jesus have enjoyed forever. And that you can have now. You can have fellowship with us. John is talking about this new era that Jesus brought. When, when Jesus came to this earth and was made manifest, as the text tells us. He's saying that it's, you know, God has become real. Jesus came to teach us about his father, about our father. He said, pray to our father who art in heaven. And John even takes it a step further. He's saying not just that we've seen it. You know, verse 1, he talks about hearing it, seeing it, kind of taking it in, looking at it, touching it. 
you know? He shook hands with Jesus. He hugged Jesus. He's put his arm around Jesus. He shared meals with Jesus. But he's taking it a step further. He's saying, now I'm testifying about it. I'm, I'm making an eyewitness. I mean, I'm putting my hand on a Bible and I'm swearing. This is the testimony of the truth that I'm speaking to you. That Jesus has come and this life has been made real. John writes, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. John saying, you know, we were with him. We knew him. We were his friends. And so it's, it's, it's not just, wow, this, is, this was a great guy. What a leader he was. What an incredible new teaching he gave. Because actually, his teaching was old. His teaching was old. He just fulfilled it. He just communicated God's desire and God's heart for his people. Jesus was teaching about this life. About this zoe. About this abundant life. You know, he, he taught us not only about our Father, but he taught us how to forgive ourselves and to forgive people around us. Jesus taught us how to heal, how to have joy. It says your joy will be complete. Jesus did all these incredible things out on the, up on the mountaintop, on the Sea of Galilee, everywhere he went, everywhere that he wandered on his feet. John saying, you know, I was friends with him. I was friends with him 30 years ago. And in a way, I'm still friends with him because I have his life. I have his zoe inside of me. And I live that life and I have that fellowship. And he's saying that this church that he's writing to and this church, Park Lane Church, that we can experience it. That we can have this life that is truly life. Here's, here's what it means. Here's two things. Two ways that we can experience it. We experience it as a community. As a fellowship. We experience it in relationship to each other. This, this life that God the Father and Jesus the Son and God the Holy Spirit is inviting us to is the life that they've enjoyed forever and ever. This, this dance that they enjoy, this, this community, this fellowship. And it's the best kind of life. It's the best kind of life. Think of the fun that you have when you see old friends, when you see family that you get along with so well, when you catch up and tell those old stories and have wonderful meals together, that's, it's great. It's like the greatest thing in our life. And yet, it's a drop in the bucket when you think about the fellowship of God that he invites us to. You know, a a couple of years ago, the renewal team here at church, we went to a training and the pastor that was leading us, Keith Dornboss, you know, he just had this line 
And we've been thinking about it a lot. The elders, uh, we, we talked about it this week at our meeting, but he just said, everybody's better with Jesus. Everybody's better with Jesus. No matter who they are, no matter their background, rich, poor, black, white, whoever it is, everybody's better with Jesus. The life of Jesus. The life that is truly life. So that you too may have fellowship with us, is what verse 3 says. Life is all about relationships. Do you want to know how you're doing? (laughs) Do you want to know how your life is going? Look at your relationships. Your relationship with God. Your relationship with other people. We can kind of use that as a litmus test. And I think that's why the last hundred days have been so difficult for many of us. Is those relationships... Those relationships that John is talking about that you can see, that you can take in, that you can touch, those handshakes and those hugs, we've missed them. So that's been cut off. And actually, I think the lesson here is they're so, they're so important. They're so, the fellowship is so important. It's more important than we even known because when it was taken away, something was missing. There's a missing piece And hopefully in the months to come, all of that will return and we will appreciate it more than ever before. I took a discipleship class this week, online of course, 222 Discipleship. And the pastor was talking so much about one-on-one relationships and how they change his life. Sort of this one-on-one discipleship. And if you think about your life, I'm sure that you'll think of somebody who walked with you one-on-one, maybe a parent or an older sibling or a youth pastor, some sort of a mentor that built that relationship, that one-on-one time. And on, on this Father's Day, I want to give a shout-out and I want to thank God for my dad and for all the dads out there who walked alongside us, who pointed us to Jesus who loved us, who, you know, my dad started me on this path that I'm still walking on, this path with Jesus of learning to be like him, learning to live the the life that he lived. But even if we didn't have that, if that wasn't our experience, we have a father in heaven who loves us. We have older brothers and sisters in the church who can mentor us and disciple us And show us what it means to be in community. The power of that. And that, uh, you know, as as things are starting slowly to move into phase one. And we're starting to get to see each other. Even from a social distance. It does bring joy to my heart. It brings joy to my pastor heart. You know, verse four says uh, that your joy or our joy may be complete. There's so much joy in in the fellowship of Jesus. There's so much joy in that community. Uh, There's so much joy when we join together around a table. Or this week for me, it was joining around that that fire pit. We have this wonderful new fire pit the last couple months. And on Wednesday night, the youth group got around it. And on Thursday noon, some of the ladies of the church gathered for a lunch around it. And Thursday night, we had... PDX Outreach having a Bible study around it. And it was just so 
I don't know, it's kind of an overused word, but it was so neat. It was so neat. and It gave me joy to see people gathered around that fire, sharing life, sharing fellowship, studying the Bible, building relationships, and, uh, and knowing Christian community. And yet, uh, and yet the, the community, the second thing is that community, this koinonia, this fellowship, is it's about the gospel. It's about Jesus. Uh, John doesn't say that it's the word, the word about life. He says that it's the word of life. That there is no life No zoe, no abundant eternal life apart from Jesus. That Jesus was the one who started it, who invented it. He was the one in the beginning. He's the Logos, remember. So everything else comes after him and everything else is an imitation. And so this this community is based around Jesus. It's based around this good news that Christ has come to save a sinner, a wretch like me. And it's not, it's not good advice. The gospel is not good advice. It's good news. It's an announcement of all that's been done, of exactly what John's talking about, that God has come to earth in the form of Jesus, and that Jesus has taken on our flesh That he's gone to the cross for us. He's died the death that we should have died. And on Easter, we've talked about Christmas and we're going to talk about Easter too. On Easter, he was resurrected from the dead. He won the victory over sin and death and hell. He rose again. And he ascended and he's with God. And he's coming again. He's coming again to set everything right so that every tongue and tribe and nation people from all over the world can come together can be finally reconciled around the throne of Jesus and that that's why that's why we have this vision as a as a church of making new friends sharing good news that's the community the fellowship that's built around Jesus around the good news of what he's done. And there's no, there's no time like the present, there's no day like today to join that movement, to be part of that, to, to join the family and to be part of it, to step in deeper into this fellowship because the more that we put into it, the more joy we receive from it. We live in this hugely divided world And you know what? This book was written to that too. This is a church. This is a church that he's writing to in 1 John that was divided, that was separate, that um, John needed to remind them of of good theology, of what Jesus actually taught, but also needed to um, remind them to love one another in the midst of that. And so as we think about our world that we live in that's divided by so many things, It's this incredible reminder to love, to step into community with people that are different than you and to to learn how to agape, to learn how to love. 
Because that's the word that John uses the most. I know there's, it's been a little Greek lesson this morning, but I'm, you know, I'm excited to get back into the New Testament. But we learned about the logos, the, 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 the word. We learned about zoe, the life. We learned about agape, this self-sacrificing love of, of Jesus. And all of that, all of that, because of what Christ has done, it's worth centering your life on. It's worth dedicating yourself to the word of life, saying, I'm not going to look to anything else, but I'm going to serve Jesus because of all that he's done for me. I'm going to find my life in, in his life. And I just want to conclude with one, with one question. Uh, you know, this, this morning, things are coming back to a new normal. I mean, I got to watch a few minutes of a soccer game with my son this morning. There's no one in the stands, but at least they're playing soccer in England and in Germany. And it's been about 100 days since we've had that. 100 days ago was Park Java. It was pretty much the last event we had as a church where we gathered on Friday night and we didn't know what would happen. And 100 days later... How has God worked in you these hundred days? Do you feel that you are different? Do you feel that you're the same? How has God been stirring in you? How has that life been stirring in you? What is he speaking to you? I know that seeds are being planted. And we're going to look back on this time years later and say that something beautiful has come out of, out of this difficulty. That God has brought redemption. That God has brought life new life, deeper life, this word of life into our hearts? How is God drawing you deeper into the word of life, the life that's truly life? May God give us, like John says, may God give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the hands to touch, to touch Jesus, the word of life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for coming to this earth, for not being this far away, esoteric idea, but for being real to us, for being tangible. I just pray for myself, I pray for everyone who can hear my voice, God, that the word of life would be real to us, that we could understand more and more what it means to let go of the old life and to walk in newness of life with you, to live with you in this incredible fellowship and to find joy, joy that's deeper than anything we've ever known, joy that's not dependent on circumstances, joy that is rooted in the life of Jesus. God, be with us. Holy Spirit, renew us. May we find the word of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.